Love is the law, everybody. Happy hump day. Hump day. Um, listen, it is the third day of our Madonna ticket giveaway. So be listening sometime <laughs> later in our show and finish the lines. We've had our first callers win both times. Yeah. Finishing the line the last two days, and we're going to be doing this. Because it's, it's Madonna. She's so it's, popular. It's Madonna. I know. Because mm-hmm. we're trying to find tougher ones, and I'm like, it's Madonna. We know all it's these. It's Madonna, yeah. It's yeah. just, uh, yeah. The queen. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, we know the, all these things. The um, word of the day, or it's a phrase of the day, oh, look, it's snowing outside. And I, every time I go to the window, and I expect it to just see, like, huge snow, and I'm like, oh, is that it? Is that all it's doing out there? Is that all it is? Is that, is that all, all it is? is? I expected so much more. No, my word of the day is, here's what we learned. Um, Lori is outraged by some of the snubs because we got some award talk we're going to hit up later in the show. The, not any old award. It's the Screen Actor Guild Awards. It's Those our show. Not, it's our show. The that nominations came out and snubs, snubs were given and a PR hit piece worked. Nine to know. I just kind of want to know this right now. Uh-huh. Nope, we're going to wait. We're going to wait on that one. And then also, in case you're wondering, who has an eye for new Hollywood talent in the double-wide? Oh, that me. Duh! Yeah. Duh. Duh. So we have this- I've been spotting movie stars for a long time. My first one when I was a kid watching Kurt Russell we're in a who movie did? called... Shaggy D.A. And the, the computer wore tennis oh. shoes. And I remember just falling in love with him. And I, he was, you know, older, but I was just like, he's a movie star. He is a wow. movie star. Wow. 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 Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I decided January is the month I do all the things I don't enjoy doing. Get my teeth cleaned, oh. get a mammogram. Well, you already did that. I have give to do that. blood. You guys, we Lori, need to give blood. Lori, did you give blood today? I made an appointment. Okay, good, because it's dramatic. It's desperate. Lori has, Lori has the best blood type in the world, and you get like really hardcore messages sent to you that guilt the crap out of you well once you give blood once they want they want people to get in the habit of giving like quarterly donations and um mark consuelo did a very it was kind of sweet yesterday he and kelly were just talking now nowhere he goes you know i ran the blood drive in high school and she goes that is something i didn't know about you that's really cute and he said but i didn't give blood because i'm you know the needles, he said, but it was a very successful blood drive. He said, but I bring it up because blood donor donations are down 40%. Like the lowest ever, ever. or something. And why? Because a lot of times it was an older group of people that did it. And when COVID happened, a lot of those people stopped going out. Companies used to do the, the blood, blood mobile. Do- yes, all the time. The office. And so they just, American Red Cross, Memorial Blood Center, everyone is desperate. It's, we're in critical situation. And so if you can do it, any blood type is welcome. But I made that appointment and I did this, you know, I, I only did it three times in 20. I was going to do it four times. So I'm spanking myself. Wow, you know, but it is. You did, um, it is. It's and uh, and gay 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 people, gay men can give blood. There's of you know you got to answer some stuff, but that used to be for years. You know, if you're a gay man, you couldn't give blood. I agree. It's outrageous. It anyway, was outrageous. They, are, they really need it, and so if you have any time, and it's really the one that's hard is plasma, and that's the one that traumatized me for life because I you sold plasma. Yes, I did for yeah. money. Mm-hmm. And it was like thirteen dollars. Time, time honored way to get through college and no, get some money. I, 
I, it traumatized me from needles. Oh, because I, you're there for such a long time for a plasma donation. I have very small veins in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so to this day, mm-hmm. when I'm giving blood or anything, I shut faint. my eyes. I said, don't even tell me when the poke is going to happen. Yep. I just don't even want to know. I know it's there. Yeah. And they can't. They tie that thing so tight and they try to find the vein. And they're like, I can't find it. I can't find it. I'm like... Oh, I mean, me too. I'm that way. I got, like, and I'm look, just a fainter look too. At I vein faint it all the time over here. I'm look at way. my veins. Oh, Lori's are begging to be. You've got small ear canals and, and you've got big, big veins. veins. <laughs> Gosh. But, <laughs> anyway, that isn't a problem. But uh, anyway, I do. You know, never like going to the dentist, even for teeth cleaning. Um, I blame it on being a military kid and having Air Force dental students work on me. And it was the 70s, and our parents let us eat as much candy and pop as we wanted. And awesome. I really Do you think it was because rem- they moved you all the time and they no. just kind of are just... No, I think when you have four kids yeah. in your military family uh, nagging about the, that kind of stuff just wasn't, you know, oh. had time for it. We, my mother had five <laughs> and was all over the nagging. Oh, she put for, we- for teeth? Oh, for everything. Oh, we okay. all, none of us had braces. She was, we were teeth hounded. Okay. And I had my, I, Grant is just nodding. Oh yeah. My right mom, now. for my entire, for, tell about, no, maybe even in my early twenties, I'm not going to lie. My mom, when I even took over doing appointments, I'm like, Hey, did you schedule that appointment? Did oh, you schedule that appointment. When I took over at 35 doing my own appointments, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Cause I hound my kids too. That's we're going right. to take a quick break. Cause when we come back, um, it was it was episode one of the three-part Salt Lake City Housewives reunion aired last night. We're going to get into some of the dirty. Brittany's going to be joining us. Ooh. We're going to do a little video here, but you can't tell the difference because we're doing two things at once. We're multitasking. We'll be right back. Lori and Julia. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law dishing about divorce. Ann, do you need a reason to file for a divorce? In the state of Minnesota, you don't need a reason. Minnesota is referred to as a no-fault divorce state. So again, real simple, you don't need a reason. There's language we have in our state statute that says an irretrievable breakdown of the marriage relationship. We simply put that in your initial paperwork. So back in the day, people had to have a reason and the judge would decide whether or not they would grant the divorce, so whether it was abandonment or adultery or something like that, those things don't matter anymore. But what about cheating? You know, the reality is the courts don't care. It doesn't matter. It has no bearing under our laws. And in fact, sometimes people think they're going to get something out of it because the other side cheated, and that's just not the case. Not having to deal with this in an already very difficult divorce process actually makes the whole thing much easier and a little more streamlined. For a free one-hour divorce consultation, go to TresslerLaw.com or use my talk keyword divorce. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is Lori and Julia on My Talk 1071. We are joined by Brittany 
our favorite co-host on some of these. No, three. Brittany, you Brittany? got a new name. Oh, Benchwarming your... Biatch Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't hear your audio. <laughs> Grant, can you? Yeah, pass? I'm gonna. F- she that might was be one muted. of the uh, epic. That was that was an epic diss last night. You're the you're a bench warming biatch, uh, blah blah blah. Which Monica, which was that everyone wanted to see. That was really the she, who infiltrated the group. And last week we found out in the finale that she had this whole fake Instagram um, that was trolling mainly Jen Shaw, but some of the other ladies. Yes. But, it was the line, the bench warming, your eyes are a trampoline, and the jewel-toned wardrobe. Uh, shout out to Whitney, worst dressed. Okay. Just to start okay, on a shallow note. Yeah, Whitney. yeah, I'm going to get our engineers on this. Okay, so you so guys talk gonna, amongst each other. We're going to get back to you. But we're didn't just... you think she was the worst dressed? Whitney's Whitney? that yellow thing? Yes. With he, all the necklaces? She always looks so good, and it had cut out, like, scalloping, like someone did a little paper mache thing on the side there. And then there. Mar- Monica comes walking down the stairs looking so snatched Monica, in her turquoise. Holy crap. Monica probably lost 35, 40 pounds during this season or since we've last seen her when the season started. So if you're just joining us, we're talking about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake. They all sat down in New York City. uh, I don't even know. Was this a month ago? They're in Salt Lake and they made the set look like a combination between the Bahamas and snow. Andy's like, I don't know whether to be cold or warm. It was a wild set. But when Meredith Marks entered clutching her purse full of receipts and secrets and pages of insults, I... Was dying, and when she read all, you know, and Andy, husbands and nastiness and rumors, and then she's like, and Angie, you said I was a trampoline with eyes, and and she's like, that was a compliment. You know, you're so nice. Your face is so nice and tight, and you but got you've bright got blue eyes. eyes. <laughs> I kind of love that one. Okay, let's just start at the beginning, though. So that was the beginning. Yeah, you're that right. was the beginning. And and so, Brittany, can we hear you yet? Nope. Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what's happened. It's hard to get to dial in um, North Dakota. But did you die when Andy was mimicking, um, you know, Meredith's nastiness and dramas she, and husbands? She sounds like she's inebriated or on something, something that gets her to slur. Maybe a pill? Something. Yeah, something. Maybe a pill. She's got a slur, but it is. But what I was kind of impressed last night is, my, is she kind of took it. You Monica? know, she was no, no um, nastiness, lady. What's oh, her Meredith? Name? Meredith, I kind of thought she took it a little bit. No, well, she wasn't even in the hot seat. It was Meredith in the hot seat, and I mean Monica in the hot seat, and Angie, the two of them in the hot seat. No, Meredith is just sitting back like a queen, just like nastiness. I mean, she just. It, it, maybe we're going to get more, but it was more Monica-centric and Heather Gay, you know, Salt Lake City, very own CIA, having a phone memo. I was kind of shocked. The ladies all went so crazy about her, Monica's fake Insta, but nobody had a problem with Heather recording and keeping a phone call for so long. I, that was weird. I thought you that know? was a little off. The thing that I thought, Lori, was that um, I kind of loved... Monica and hated her at the same time because she's a one and done. Don't you think this is her? Oh last... no, she's yeah, she's all done. She's, she's all done. Be, she's in so you know she's yeah. But maybe the most impactful first housewife we've ever had in a one and done. Season. I thought so too, and I'm gonna miss her sharp tongue. 
Well, she didn't bring it until the very end of the season. I kind of feel like maybe she and her mom worked together on the drama of them. And even when Monica walked in, Whitney, Rose, Heather, and Meredith were very cordial with her. They didn't seem to have a a problem with her. And, um, you know, and Heather and Whitney even agreed with Monica that, you know, it is not fun to be the hate of, you know, uh, lots of comments when you do take a stab at being a villain and doing something like that. I mean, you get, there's a lot of misogyny, racism. And so they seemed um, sympathetic about that. And, but um, when Andy Cohen brought up the lost $60,000 ring and Lisa Barlow and how upset, and it was never really explained on the show, but Lisa said it was a ring that John bought her when, her baby was born and blah, blah, blah. And it, but sentimental value. But we didn't see that on the show. And Monica was like, well, you guys acted like I stole it. Well, which they did. There at was the time, I didn't, I didn't see any of that at the time. I thought Monica, she kept saying, you know, you kept saying it's a $60,000 ring. It's a $60,000 ring. Can you imagine? Remember when I lost my ring? In the bathroom? Yeah. I, I got it. I had it for a week. But, but to Monica's point... I didn't see that at all, though. She never said that, oh, this is a sentimental ring. She just kept bringing up the price tag. And then Monica felt that the ladies were like going, oh, did you see the ring in the bathroom? Did you? She felt that they were doing that. And as Monica's defending herself, Angie Kay interjects and says, no one's saying you stole it. And she said, why are you talking bench warming bitch this doesn't involve you just like most of this season that is that was such a burn it was but she but again but i feel okay so here is my problem with monica is that are we not going to give it up for the bench warming that was a great that That was was a great one i give that one two thumbs up i mean that was very very funny and and also that she said um you know, you guys are so tone deaf, you um, 50-year-old wannabes, um, you know, you needed me to save the season kind of thing. I thought, she, Monica, I, she was gaslighting everybody. The people were trying to explain things, and she wouldn't let them finish, though, too, Lori. I kind of thought that oh, was going on a little bit. But Angie was in the hot seat for a lot of this season. Imagine having the big storyline, your storyline, is your husband is gay. That was a rumor. That of nastiness that you know Meredith uh, spread around. So there, but there is something about Monica that we cannot trust. Oh, you just can't. And not when, just something, Lori. And when Angie asked Monica about Jen Shaw, she denies using Jen as a stepping stone. And then that's when you know uh, CIA Heather pulls out the voice memo from like four years ago or three years ago, where. She said, yeah, look at Kim Kardashian started out. It's Monica saying this. Yeah. So it it actually, the penultimate episode of Fargo last night was more exciting than the Real Housewives reunion of Salt Lake City. There, I said it. Are that you done was now? An, that we, was an I, epic episode. Well, okay. And we did see the burn book, though, that Monica made. You know, she made, like, as in Mean Girls burn yes, book. Yes, she did. You yes, saw did. that in the preview, and it was very pretty, and she ordered it on Etsy. I don't know. I, I guess the whole thing for me is that um, 
I the, these women say such mean things to each other, and I and I thought at some point last night there was a little bit of niceness that was happening towards the end of it, like some relationships that they said they were okay, but just all the bleep you bleep you. Like, have you never seen a reunion? This yeah, is but, what it's there. This is what not happens. With, not with the swear word and shut up. I thought it was. I, I don't know, Lori. Uh, you I just haven't watched New much. Jersey. You haven't watched. Uh, yeah, there's always um, this kind of language at reunions. Julia. Yeah, I guess. I wish Brittany could weigh in on this because she's watched as many reunions. We're going to bring her in via the Maybe phone. More I, got her, I got her okay, on the phone right now. So, so you can talk to Brittany right now. What do you want to say about it, Brittany? Okay, it's okay. Here, Here we go. Here we go, Brittany. You're, you yeah. got it now. Okay, I've been dying this whole time. Well, I know. Tell us. Okay, first off, Whitney's dress was an ode to fisherman knots. Let's Mm -hmm. just say it. That was exactly how I felt. (laughs) Um, I died when, first off, I I literally, Lisa is my queen. I love her so much because of all the ridiculousness. And I literally did die when she was like, I only said it three times, $60,000. Right. Live. Yep. Love. I'm here for the lies. I'm just going to uh, say, we, though, we, to interrupt, if I lost a ring in that value, I would have said it 30,000 times. That's a lot of money. Oh, I for sure would. I would be, if, oh my God. That, You're still be, missing the point my... on the ring, Julia. Okay. You're Whatever. still missing okay. the point. She never confessed to the girls. Ah, this is a ring that John got me when my son was in ICU and it's great sentimental value. She just focused on the price of the ring. So you're looking at all these rings on her hands, and they all look like they're sixty thousand. It's hard to get sympathy. That's, uh, that's two Nissan. That's two Nissan Jukes. If you're wondering, yeah, um, I just still think, yeah. And then, uh, Brittany, come in on your microphone. Come in on your microphone. I think we got. Oh gosh, it. we are we are like the three Stooges today. I think we got it. It's, all right, it's a technical it. problem. It's a technical problem. Mm-hmm. There. there, check, check, all check. Right. Am I on? Yeah, yeah you are. Okay. Also, we need to talk about the email that she wrote in. Did you guys talk about that? No. Okay. So Monica's like, is there like, is it true that you wrote an email in how, you know, how you got on the show? And she's like, yeah, I wrote an email saying that Salt Lake City's ratings are crap and I am here to save the show. Yep. Sure enough, they showed that receipt as well. Died for that. Andy, Andy acted like such a baby towards Monica. Mm. I don't even know. It's normally he kind of checks women. When they like constantly interrupt and roll their eyes, but I think he just thought it was going to be an onslaught of her so much that they really held on this part. Right. Um, but but what which, she was saying is that she wrote in that email and it was a complete lie because they showed us the email, the first email that she sent in to yeah. be a part of the show, and she which was complete the date lie. was on it, November first, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Went back and looked. The Jen Shaw arrested in the parking lot was November 7th. Yes. And so that wasn't a low. I mean, people were watching because after that arrest, we'd never really seen a housewife get arrested. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, I think you're right. And yeah. then on top of it, the biggest shade thrown of the whole night is when she they were talking about Jen Shaw and Monica being a whistleblower. And she said, I think I did the right thing. Everyone should have mm. in the whole couch. All everyone got silent. silent. Yeah, they did. Because and as Heather, you know, sat there and denied that she got punched in the face. Anyone denied that they, you know, I'm sure the things that Jen bought are there were any red flags. And I think that was the moment. It was like, ooh, Monica came to play. Like Monica Von Tees is here in the building. But I do think it was it was a good night. I think it's going to get better next Same. week. 
Yeah. What do you think, though, about Heather protecting Jen Shaw so much? Don't understand it. I can't wait to hear. Well, here's the thing. I've I've done a lot of thought exercises around this. Oh, uh, let us know. We can see the thought bubbles blowing up you, right thank now. Thank you. I I um if I'm going to be really honest with you guys, if one of you two were going to prison, which could and, happen, which could happen any minute, mm-hmm. um if one of you two were going to prison and on a drunken night you punched me in the face and you said to me, "Please don't tell anybody or my sentences could be worse." I might keep that secret. and I, I hope you I, would. That is why she didn't tell it. That's exactly yeah. why, because it was going to impact her sentencing. It might have made a difference of one or two years. Yeah. And so. I think that if you really do that thought exercise, think about like your best friend. I think you'd do it. And I, I agree with I, you. For a while, I thought it was crazy. And now I go, no, if Lo J hit me in the face today. I deny it. Yeah. Even though you're a favorite, Brittany, benchwarming biatch. <laughs> I honored. Honored. I love you guys Thank so you. much. All right. Talk to you later. Mwah. All right. Hey, gang. It's Lori and Julia here for Learning Rx. And we are always delighted to hear testimonials from families with children who have gone through the program or people who have gone through it. And really, you know, we had in Mike and Paula yesterday, parents um, talking about their daughter's experience. But they talked about what, what really happens at an assessment and how when you, after the assessment, you really learn about things that the teachers at school aren't, aren't you know, equipped to tell you about what's going on in your child's brain. And the testing just hits at the cognitive part of your brain, which is so important for everybody because it means how do you learn? Can you retain things you learn? Can you build on things as you learn? With reading, it's the sound, deciphering the sound, the phonical part of um, sounds that helps children learn how to read. They specialize in that. Boy, they're good at it. You know what you're talking about, and so does Learning Rx. Call 952-949-6900. Be sure and mention Lori and Julia. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Well, that was something. <laughs> that's I'm, all I can say. I was we are in live. We are live. We are live. This is not on repeat. You can't even edit things. It's just live. No, that's um, that Salt Lake reunion. Did you think it didn't deliver enough? You think next week really is going to be better? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I know. I thought it delivered because we had the bench warming biatch comment, and also your trampoline with eyes, and that's a compliment. I mean, that was funny and an epic moment. And what she meant by that, you're 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 just a trampoline with eyes, meaning you have such tight skin and bright eyes. I we've always called a human trampoline kind of someone who. Bounces from bed man to or bed. woman from yeah. oh yeah from to bed, bed to bed. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's and I mean so that is a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, trampoline with eyes, Angie, that was really, really pretty, pretty funny. And I loved Andy making fun of Meredith. He was know, great. Rumors and nastiness. But always the, re- the, the best part is always part three. Oh, they're you know. saving it. They're yeah, saving if it's a three-part reunion, it. yeah. the most explosive stuff is going to happen. But I, I give this a you know solid B plus. And because he said Fargo was better, Fargo was better because it was the penultimate episode, and it was a nail biter. Was it so good. Was very nerve wracking. Did uh, you catch it last night, Grant? No, I did not. Unfortunately, and the episode mm-hmm. was called "The Useless Hand." It will all make oh. sense at the end of the episode. Okay. And we had to go back to the episode before to figure out how it started, how that even happened. About Gator and yeah. Munch. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I. You <laughs> forgot about the old lady. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It opens in a tiny ice fishing shack oh. and the tension never really lets up. Oh. I love it. Unbelievable. And, you know, Jenna, Jennifer Jason Lay, who plays um, Dots. Um, kind of her, the her mother-in-law. She's the mother-in-law, yeah. and she's I'm got all the though. money and blah blah blah. And her son is married to Dot, but she calls in some favors. But Jennifer Jason Lee was married to Noah Baumbach, who's married to Greta Gerwig, and he's been a longtime partner of Greta Gerwig. And they just got married this year. They co-wrote Barbie together, but they were married, and. They were together. They were kind of a hot couple. She's like eight years older. And they were married like maybe eight or nine years. And then she had a baby when she was 48 with Noah. And then seven, 48. And then seven months later filed for divorce. And basically. She did or he did? She did. Oh. And basically he met a new muse. They have always maintained that they didn't. uh, Overlap. Overlap, but but they did. Noah directed Greta, who was acting at the time, and they fell in love. And then he did the movie Marriage Story, which we hated. Hated. With Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. And Laura Dern, amazing. And it's about this marriage falling apart. And it's basically... His story with... with Jennifer Jason Lee. And I really... Jennifer... So in Fargo, she... She plays that just a. She, I'm surprised she hasn't got nominated for something because I think she's been brilliant. Amazing. Once you get over her accent or whatever's happening and, in the and, first episode. And I read an interview that that was a deliberate thing with Noah Hawley because they wanted to make her be somewhat mysterious because she's this very wealthy billionaire. We have billionaires that live in the state, but they wanted to have it sound like she was educated out east and she basically listened to a bunch of. Um, What's his name? Buckley, Christopher Buckley. If you ever remember him, he was a uh, he would show up on political shows or talk shows like Dick Cavett, but he had this very affected oh, way of talking. talking. So he sounded smarter and more into you know. And that's how she talks. That's kind of okay. how she talks. Is that she said? I looked at Christopher Buckley interviews that's to come funny. up with this affected so because everybody else owns so minnesota yes very much so and so noah bombeck when you talk about greta gerwig of course they're the people who wrote barbie yes so for people that's the that's the whole yeah thing there so interesting and interesting very and, yeah mm. so he those that was the writing partner for barbie and greta gerwig's um writing partner i wonder what he directed and, her in i don't even know but, um, but yeah it happens yeah. Let me tell you. You can go back down the road of like all this stuff, but um, 
Jennifer Jason Lee was Noah Baumbach's muse for a while, and he directed her in some movies and okay. stuff. She's, I mean, she's been in so many. I mean, we kind of got to know her single one female, remember? That was kind of whatever. Even before big... that, she's the child of Vic Morrow, and he, he was killed in a making a movie, a helicopter oh, right. uh, yes, decapitated yes, him yes. and another kid making a movie in the 70s, and she was just a kid herself. So she's been acting for a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's get to another 70s kid who was acting yeah. and actually started out as a solar cane. No, was Copper that Tone. Copper she Tone was a Copper Tone. That was uh, Jodie Foster's first job was being the little... Copper tone, little girl you over her shoulder and pulling down and seeing her little sunburn line. People of us, you know, I don't know when they quit doing that ad, maybe sometime in the 80s, but that was the visual for Copper Tone for many, Forever, many years. Forever, it feels like, yeah. And so, uh, you know, Jody is uh, uh, having some fun. She was at the Golden Globes the other day, True Detective premieres on HBO on Sunday night and then on Max on Monday and Annette Benning got nominated uh, for NIAD today. And so did uh, uh, Jodie Foster for a SAG award, mm -hmm. but she was on Kimmel last night and she was, we don't see her on late night shows. We haven't seen her cause she yeah. hasn't acted in anything yep. in so long. It has been, she took all this time off to raise her boys and just, you know, have a quiet life. I can't even think of, for some reason, I felt like they lived in Duluth at some point. Her brother is married to a girl, and okay. they live in Duluth. Okay, really? if I they knew still it was are, yeah, he's, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. I don't know if her mom was from there, but she grew up in Hollywood. She's Got an it. LA kid. Her mom was a stage mom, and. Um, just like Selena Gomez's. Yeah, so that's how she got a Coppertone ad when she was two years old. Wow. All right, so what did she say last night? Well, here we go. She's talking about, um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel was kind of in amazement about how long she's been in the business. She was sitting at the Golden Globes at a table and next to her were people she was in a movie with 50 years ago, Taxi Driver. Wow. Scorsese and Robert De Niro. Wow. And there they yes. all are. So she brings up some stuff about, you know, because uh, he, first he brought up, well, you said some stuff about, you know, Gen Z that got you in trouble. She said, I got in trouble with my own boys about that. She said it kind of just got tangled up in headlines. But what she just said was that if you were a kid growing up in the 60s, 70s, or 80s, it is very different than how kids have grown up in the last 10 or 20 years. Of it's just completely yes. different. And there's freedoms and good things about both. And she said, but it just kind of got whatever. So Jimmy's like, okay, fine. Um, your kids yelled at you about uh -huh. that. And um, so here's, here's uh, the audio talking, I think, about um, a gig she did at the Oscars. Our first guest tonight is a legend, if ever there was one, and she's an Oscar-winning actor, director, graduate of Yale, and silencer of Lambs. Next, she stars in the long-awaited return of True Detective, season four premieres Sunday on HBO and Max. Please welcome Jodie Foster. I saw you on, uh... <laughs> I saw you on the television on Sunday night yes. at the Golden Globes. You were nominated for Nyad, uh, which is a great movie. And... Mm -hmm. About a very interesting woman. I happen to know Diana and I. Yeah, yeah. And Bonnie too. Uh, yes, and Bonnie too. And uh, yes, very lovely, very interesting, fun, yes. funny people. Really, quite a pair. 
And um, and so you present. You know, it's, it occurred to me that you've been going to these award shows <laughs> yes. since how old? How old were you at the first one? <sighs> well, I I I did the Oscars when I was like eight or nine. I I sang at the Oscars. You did. What did yeah, you was, sing? I don't. Some awful song from an <laughs> animated movie. After raising children, yes. do you ever think about that? Like like at eight or nine singing? Because like you go to a kid's recital or something, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's a big deal and they're nervous. <laughs> You're out there singing on the Oscars. Yeah, I, I think about that. You know, I thought about that when they were little, when they would like laze around. And I'd be like, what are you doing? Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> You're set with you. It's a summer vacation thing. <laughs> How old were you the first time you were nominated for an Oscar? I was, I had done the movie at 12, I was 13. 13 taxi years driver. old, driver, you're yeah. sitting there for Taxi Driver, taxi right? Taxi Driver, yeah. yeah. And you and Robert De Niro, obviously, uh, Marty Scorsese, uh, obviously, who were there at the... Do you yes, they were there. They, they were sitting, seated right next to me, um, which was kind of amazing. It is It yeah. is amazing that the three people from that movie would still be, like, there alive. and nominated and working. <laughs> Here we are. And alive. Alive. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, even that is a, an accomplishment. <laughs> He's cute. Yeah, she was really cute. And then here he wants to ask her, I think he asked her about, you know, you... Because you kind of don't realize, like, she was a kid in Hollywood going out on auditions and being on shows and doing different things. We wouldn't remember it because you would have been too little. And she we, was just, but she was a regular little kid character actor in a lot of things. So uh, she brings up, he asks, were you ever scared or something like that? I was reading something, an interview where you were, you were saying that. Um, De Niro and Scorsese were scared of you when you were shooting that movie. Yeah, which I understand. You know, I understand. I was 12, and they had to say things like, you know, can you pull his fly down? And it was a little awkward. Yeah. I had made a lot more movies than they had. So I was like, whatever, <laughs> just move over. You had wow. made a lot more movies than they had at that age? Mm -hmm. yes, wow. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, they were a little they were a little scared. Scorsese especially. He couldn't stop giggling. He just kept giggling oh, every time geez. he talked to me. He started giggling, and then De Niro had to take over. And yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Does he still giggle when he talks to you? <laughs> Scorsese giggles with everybody. Yes, he does. He's, He's like, like a Tickle Me Elmo in a lot of ways. Tickle Me Elmo. He kind of looks Who, like one. Who um, scared you working with the many people that you worked with? <sighs> well, there were, you know, a lot of legends when I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, Lucille Ball, I think, was the scariest. What did you do with Lucille Ball? I did the Lucille Ball show, but not when she was, like... Younger, not and I love Lucy. Happy and doing comedy, she Which was, like was happy. rough and older. Oh gosh, <laughs> she was super scary and I don't know. She, she and I don't think she liked kids that much. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, wild. even seeing her in color would be disconcerting. <laughs> I think. Yeah. This is post I Love Lucy, and then oh yeah, so she wasn't. Uh, yeah, probably. She yeah, did. Smoking. Yeah, the hair color. I think it was a clown thing because it was it was a tangerine. -y. She had a tangerine -y thing mm -hmm. yeah. going on in her head. For sure. Yeah. yeah it was and like, that was scary. Yeah, I would think it would be a little bit scary unless you're at a birthday party or something <laughs> right. like that. And she was. She, there was a show called The Lucy Show that was on from 1962 to 68. Mr. Mooney I was in it. Mr. Mooney, she yeah. was like this widower or widow who got left money, but very much the smoker's voice and the tangerine. I have vague memories I do too. of watching that because it was, you know... Um, Three channels, Lori. Three yeah, channels. just three channels. We all watch the same NBC thing. CBS, PBS and, to go. <laughs> yeah, she had the teenage daughter and the son, and so Jody was a thing on it. But yeah, that was that was funny. But 
When she said that, yeah, I'd made more movies than they had. That, that just—that's kind of wild that they would be afraid of a thirteen-year-old. And then when she said, "You move like kind of jokingly, like move over, guys," like I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah I, that, I learned a lot from that. That's awesome. She is brilliant in I'm so, so glad many. She's back. Remember Accused? Remember all, she did? She's brilliant. What's the one that you like? Oh, Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Oh. As Clarice. Yes. Hello, Clarice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's but, why he called her the silencer of the, the lambs. lambs. That was kind of cute. Yes. Yeah. And she went to Yale, which I did not know. Yes. Yeah. We learned someone else went to Yale today, Angela Bassett. Yes, we did. Um, accepting her honorary Oscar last night at the Governor's Award. Uh, and we posted it. She gave an incredible 15-minute speech that will lift you up if it's so good. But... She said, yeah, my mom and Aunt Betty supported me, even though I was a Yale graduate and going to become an actor. What? That's something. <laughs> yeah. So, that. yeah, I, I remember when Jodie Foster quit acting to go to Princeton. Yale. Oh, she went to Yale. She went but to then, Yale. Um, who's the model that was in everything? I mean, Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields went yeah. to Princeton. But it was uh, when Jodie Foster did it, people were just like, what? You can't right. do that. She was like, I remember kind of the first one that... It's like no, I'm I'm taking a step back from acting. She had probably worked twenty years by or fifteen by then. By goodness! All yeah. right, we're gonna take a quick break. But what it what we've been waiting for since the beginning of the show mm. is we're gonna learn how what <laughs> how did you phrase it, Laurie? How a hit piece a hit piece by that was or, or, not you know, the mafia orchestrated by a, a publicist worked. On a show to make sure it would uh, not get nominated get for nominated. awards. That's right, Julia. Oh my wow. god! Wow. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, people. I'm dying to hear the hit piece, Lori, because Lori's like the sounding hit. like the mafia has oh. taken down Hollywood and that movie and who you wanted to get nominated. Listen, uh, listen. <laughs> I mean, the whole nomination march to the oscars is a very orchestrated thing people hire people to maneuver them through the season um yesterday uh, last night the governor's award for example happened grant posted the red carpet the gene hershalt award is given you know all these awards are given uh, angela bassett gets an honorary uh oscar finally because she's been robbed twice just last year by jamie lee curtis and everything everywhere all at once what was she in last year wakanda Wakanda, forever angela bassett got robbed she was and that was an emotional role not jamie lee curtis's goofy accountant lady but accidents happen yeah but but what happens is that there's very much a pr team a studio, there's a whole effort put behind. Yeah, well, Harvey Weinstein is the one he who was put, mastered, he, this. mastered this. Okay, he really did. Yes, and um, so there is some obvious lobbying going on, and that's why I like at the governor's word. I mean, everyone shows up for that. Why is that so well attended? Everybody at that event is voting. Oscar voting starts tomorrow. Okay, you were there to mingle schmooze da 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 and be like, out there be out there be seen and you know the sag the sag sag used to just be all actors voting but when sag Africa combined it is like uh, i think it's like 2200 members out of the 160,000 that's the voting body and, and it's actors radio people um, anyone who owns the sag card it's isn't Broadway people in that, but the, the, the hundred and sixty thousand people. It's a voting body, yes, a yes, small yes, yes. percentage of that. So it's a, 
it's always been more populist, the SAG Award nominations, and not really an indicator of best Oscar picture or definitely acting categories um, because it is just more... Actors voting on actors. And, like I said, radio people and other people yes. that are members of AFTRA. So it's like this 2,200 body out of 160,000 members. So there is there are campaigns. And the person that I think uh, the hit piece in The Hollywood Reporter that was published last week were Vili Followay or Volane, who was married to Mary Kay Letourneau. The kid that... The kid. Okay, the kid that married her when he was in seventh grade. Well, had they didn't sex get with her in seventh grade, but they, okay. yes, you know, the, the May-December is basically the Mary Kay Letourneau story with Vili set in Savannah. Okay. And Charles Melton is in it, Julianne Moore, and Natalie Portman. And they've all been nominated. They've all been... And we were... I mean, I know I was happy, but not happy that Ryan Gosling was losing to Charles Melton because he won the New York's uh, film critic. He won the drama critics. He's won several awards for best supporting because Actors. he's the heart of the movie. Okay. His character. Yes. But Billy does this interview last week. And I mean, it is goes all in Todd Fields. Never talked to me. No one ever contacted oh, me. Oh, about making the movie about made making the movie. Oh, you're kidding me. Okay. I and was on I, vacation. That's right. You were on vacation. And so he uh, said, yeah, no one even talked to me, man. I'm still here. And it was so obviously my story. Right. And he and, and no one returning. But the Hollywood Reporter, just like they did, you know, with... The Golden Bachelor, they had, you know, their hit piece on The Golden Bachelor, Gary Turner, and all this stuff. And it just, all it does is, like, bring more eyes for that thing. But exposes kind of some negativity. Obviously, that's what it did with Gary the Golden Bachelor. That's what it's doing with May, May, December. December. Because they didn't even have the courage to call the guy what we're doing the movie about. None of them are nominated. Not, Not Natalie, not Julianne Moore, not Charles Melton. And and then my other part, besides the hit piece theory that you're going on, mm-hmm. my other part is that movie wasn't good. And so, like Maestro, but but you think it was, but it it there it it was a good movie. And Charles Melton is the heart of this. It's an it's an ugly story, no matter how you put right. it. But it is an interesting movie in the way that they take the direction. Here's an actress who wants to play this completely delusional woman who fell in love with a 12-year-old, and she's trying to go method to understand how she's going to play her in the movie. So it's like a movie about, the, you know, I mean, there mm-hmm. is more to it than... So just having that little on, drop that, of, of negativity, you think that that was, that... was it big news last week? I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of was. Grant, didn't you think that story got picked up everywhere? Oh, yeah. And also because it's a story that people have known for a long time. I mean, People Magazine, Tabloid. I think there have been like two Lifetime movies on these two. You know, and so anyway, but that hit piece. You think worked? It worked. It worked. So none of them nominated. All of them 
uh, nominate uh, all of them. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm happy because it really, I do want Ryan Gosling to win. <laughs> I was just going to say. I do want Ryan away, Gosling. He's taking away Ken's thunder. I want him a, by We're male so- actor in a supporting role. I and And Charles Melton has like won this in like three other things beating Ryan Gosling because maybe people are recognizing Ryan Gosling made Ken look effortless. But if you think about it, what he does to play Ken, it's It's, really quite incredible. We've never had, he's never had anyone to Molly. He, he made it look easy. Whereas the Charles Mel, you know, his character, there's this sadness about it. And so that always, you know, people like that acting Lori, they always like the yeah. atmosphere with the words. Yeah. They always like it when that was kind and of I'm like worried our biggest... Mar- Margot Robbie, same thing. People overlook what she did, with her Barbie. brilliant work with Barbie. And I, yeah. And you I, know, because they're going to, you know, it's in that Benning in so, Nyad. So here's what happened. What we're talking about is the SAG Awards were announced yeah, today. Yeah. And, um, and you're saying, you know, May, December, the movie in general, as well as the main characters who have been nominated and won before none of them are nominated. No, none of them are nominated. And, and, and Poor the, Things didn't get for the Best Ensemble cast, which is the SAG's version of Best Picture. Mm-hmm. But the SAG Awards, like I said, they don't have a record of that. And and I, the other snub, I'm, I, I'm very mad that Juno Temple continues to get overlooked for Fargo. She's and John Hamm gets nominated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why does she get overlooked? I don't know. But I was glad there were some nice surprises in there, yeah. too. So. All right. Well, All we're right. going to take a quick break.